0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service which is already underway and listen to the message. Since his birth, people have been attracted to him. The day he was born, the angels showed up and told the shepherds, Go. See this savior that is born wise men came from afar because they were attracted to the savior and they didn't come Just to look upon him. The bible says that they came and they worshiped him Throughout his life and ministry. He was drawing people attracting people so much that even until his death. He said He said if I be lifted up I will draw all men Un to me. When he was on this earth, we know that Jesus can draw quite a crowd. And in our text that we're going to read today, uh, we're going to see one account of the kind of people that are attracted to Christ. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to read a passage um, Mark chapter 2. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, everybody say immediately, Immediately. many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their heart, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone, but immediately? When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic. So I say to you, Arise, Take up your bed and go to your house. Verse 12 says, Immediately he arose, took up the bed, went out into the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. Can you bow our heads and pray one more time? Lord, I pray that you would anoint your vessel today, that you would anoint your messenger. I know that your word is anointed, but I pray that you would let the power and the presence of God, let it overtake me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Lord, let my lips be clay in the potter's hand. Use me today as an instrument and vessel to preach your word and to declare your message today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 We never saw anything. You may be seated. I usually only do that one time when I preach, so having to do it twice is... He said, we never saw anything like this. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I go to a Pentecostal church. I'll I'll just help you out real quick. Um, If y'all help me out, I will help you out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad I go to a Pentecostal church. Oh, we all want to get out of here quick. All right. I'm glad that I go to a church where I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm glad I go to a church where I have no idea whose sins are going to be repented of. I have no idea whose miracle is going to occur. I have no idea whose marriage is going to be put back together. But here's what I know. After they got to this house and they saw all the things that happened, they left the house saying, we ain't never seen anything like this. Let me tell you, that's what should happen every Sunday at this church. We should leave this place going, I don't know what all transpired. That wasn't on the schedule. That wasn't planned. I didn't know that was going to happen. Did you know that was going to happen? No, I didn't know that was going to happen. But I ain't never seen anything like that. I ain't never seen anything like that. In the beginning of our passage, it says in verse 1, he says, and again, he entered Capernaum. And in order for you to understand the complexity of this text, you've got to understand where he came from and what he did the first time that he came to this place. So the first time he came to this place, um, the Bible says that Peter asked him to heal his mother-in-law. Now, you know, Peter was saved (laughs) because his mother-in-law was sick. And he said, Lord, I need you to heal my mother-in-law. hear me today. If you're watching online, Donna, I love you. I, we just spent time with my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. But you know he was saved because he wanted his mother-in-law to be saved. And the Bible says, and you, you can read it. If you have your Bible, you can read it. You can go back. I'm not going to go to it, but it's verse 29. It basically says, he healed her. And as soon as he healed her, she began to serve them. And when she began to serve them, guess what happened? All of these people started showing up. All of these people heard that something happened to Peter's mother-in-law. And they wanted to go see what was going on. They wanted to go find out. They were all attracted to what happened in Peter's house. Listen, we are, I don't know, I feel, I feel at home. Is that okay? Okay. We're, we're in the middle of a, a rebranding thing at my home church in, in Ocala. And we've got professionals that are targeting our audience of Ocala. And they're trying to figure out the demographic of who we can reach and what do they need. What are their needs and what do we have so that we can meet them together. And they're trying to come up with a way that we can better our community and we can fulfill needs in our community and and they are intelligent people they're educated people they went to school they've done all the homework they give us list of statistics and yada 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 and i'm telling you it goes on and on and on where they're trying to connect somebody out there with something we have in here and here but hear me today they can do that and we can pay them all the money in the world But I promise you, they will never have a better marketing strategy than Jesus' marketing strategy. Jesus' marketing strategy is simple. It's the best strategy ever given. It's the best strategy that still works today. You can't pay any amount of money for word of mouth. And the Bible says that as soon as he healed Peter's mother-in-law, the word got out. And they began to hear about the exploits that happened. Hear me today. I promise you, you can share. I'm trying not to be a pastor. But you can share all you want about this church. But listen to me. This church is great. It's not the building that's great. It's not the people that are great. It's the Jesus that's in the church that is great. So you need to share what Jesus He had the greatest marketing strategy ever. I hope if I jump over bounds, you just look at me, all right? and Give me that, give me that pastor look. I'll know I've gone too far. Because they came to Peter's house because there was something amazing that happened. Well, then they got so filled that they had to leave. They had to go out into Other cities preaching the gospel. He said, that's what I've been called to do. I'm not just called to stay right here where I am. So I have to go out. So the Bible says that they left. They went to this city and that city. They went all around. And then guess what? It says after many days that they came back. Now, I'm probably going to step on somebody's toes. But after they came back, I wonder if Peter rearranged anything in his house. I wonder if Peter moved anything in his house. Because you know, if Jesus comes to the house and Jesus heals somebody and that's the place where Jesus was sitting when he healed somebody, we better not touch that. Because I was saved at that altar. I was saved when the color of the carpet was green. I was saved when I was saved when they sang that old song. I like it when they sing that also. That reminds me of that time when Jesus came the first time. Hear me today and hear me this morning. Hear me with a sincere heart. I promise you it wasn't the atmosphere that drew them there. It wasn't the paint on the walls. It wasn't the lights. It wasn't the beautiful decor. No, no, no. It was simply Jesus being in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, it doesn't matter what color the carpet is. It doesn't matter who's, it doesn't matter who's singing the solo. It doesn't matter who's preaching. Amen? Amen. Hear me. Those old songs are nice, but I promise you that's not what brought him to the house. What brought him to the house was people that were attracted to him because they wanted to worship him. They wanted to see him. They wanted to know who this man was. He is which was and which is and which is to come. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I promise you we can sing new songs and it's going to be all right. We can hear new messages, and it's going to be all right. Why? Because Jesus is in the house. And as long as Jesus is in the house, everything is going to be okay. Amen? Amen. Here's another cool thing I like about Jesus. So it says that he entered the Capernaum after some days. They heard that he was in the house. Verse 2 says, immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately, immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive him. My God is so cool. He's so cool that he can do things immediately. Amen? Anybody here ever been healed immediately? Anybody ever been delivered immediately? Anybody here ever been saved and restored immediately or got that blessing immediately when you needed it? That's the kind of God that we serve. A God that can do things in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and he can change your situation. But here's the other cool thing about God. He doesn't just have to do it immediately. Right? Anybody here ever let God work on your relationship over time? Anybody here ever let God bless you over time? You didn't know that he was blessing you, but inch by inch and step by step and day by day, you look back and you think, oh, my word, look at all the blessings of God. We serve a God that can do a work immediately or a God that can do it over time. And 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 here is the beauty of of the God that we serve We oftentimes think because he did it for me immediately. He should do it for them immediately Because he did it for me right away Why isn't he doing it for you right away? I don't know. Listen, we You need to pray for us in Ocala. Okay, we got we got some people that need some help They don't get it quite immediately you know what I'm saying? Some people need time. That's right. Some people aren't going to... They ain't going to come out of the water, speaking in tongues. They ain't going to come out of the water and stop cussing and drinking and stop... Some of them just don't do that. God can do that, but some of them don't. And we, we got a couple... Oh goodness, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, but we got a couple. They've been going to our church for a, probably a couple years now. And, and a few months ago, he posted something, said three months without nicotine. And I said, Amen. Thank God. God's working on him. It might have taken him a year. It might have taken him a year and 18 months. It might have taken him however long it took him. But it doesn't matter as long as he gets there. Amen? Is this alright? Is this alright? Because then the most beautiful thing after that was about three or four months after that, this girl, the married couple, they've been going to our church for A year, two years maybe. And then that Sunday, for whatever reason on that Sunday, she said, I want to get baptized. And she went and got baptized. And hear me today. I don't ever want to be the person that looked at her and said, you've been coming to our church for three months. You've been coming to our church for six months. You've been coming to our church for a year. What's wrong with you? Why haven't you got baptized yet? Why haven't you started living a holy life yet? Why hasn't your life changed? Hear me today. I serve a God that can do it immediately. Or I serve a God that can take his time and take his progress and say, I'm going to work on him. Don't worry. I'm working on him. Don't worry. I'm getting there. It's coming. It's a process. It's a process. Jesus. Think about, the, uh, think about the 10 plagues. They've been, they've been, they've been captured. They've been uh, in- enslaved for 400 years. And then God comes along and says, I'm going to get you out of here. Does he do it immediately? No. He says, we're going to go through this process. One plague, two plagues, three plagues, four plagues, ten plagues. Why are you taking so long, God? Why, what's the problem? Why are, you, why are you moving so slow? We want to get out of here. You, you've given us a, a command. We want to move. And, and they get to the last day, and, and the, the death angel passes over, and, and be able, the pharaoh says, all right, go ahead and move on. And they start running away, and they get to the Red Sea. And the God that we serve is so great that he can do things over time. Or he can say, Oh, you need my help right now? Yeah. Guess what? Immediately, I will move the Red Sea. Immediately, I will part the Red Sea and let you guys through. Right. That's the kind of God we serve. If you believe that, can you say amen? Yeah. Amen. Immediately, they came. I got to find my place again. I'm sorry. I'll put my Bible down. Verse 3. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Hear me today. When the word of God goes forth, the word gets out. Right? When the word gets out, let me tell you who is attracted to Christ. Who are these people? Who are these followers? Who are these people that show up at the scene that want to be a part of Jesus? He says four men bringing a paralytic, carried, was carried by four men. They came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. They could not come near him because of the crowd. I'll tell you who is attracted to Jesus. The hurting are attracted to Jesus. And the most beautiful thing about this hurting person is that they have some friends. There's an old saying that says show me your friends and i'll show you your future and I've been around long enough even though it's really not that long But i've been around long enough to see that statement is a very accurate statement Show me who you're following show me who's following you show me who's speaking into your life Show me who you're listening to and I promise you that's where you will be in five years That is where you will end up But thankfully, this hurting man had some friends that said, you know what? My friend is hurting, and I heard about a man named Jesus. I heard about a man named Jesus that healed Peter's mother-in-law. So I'm going to take my friend, and I'm going to take him to this place. And it didn't matter that the house was filled. When hurting people need to get to Jesus, they will get to Jesus. When hurting... It might be the day after Christmas, but hear me today. God still works in miraculous ways. God still heals the day after Christmas. God still moves the day after Christmas. Maybe your Christmas wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Maybe your Christmas put you down in the pits of despair. But I serve a God who says, I am near to the brokenhearted. I am near to those that are hurting. I am near. I am drawn to them. They are drawn to me. Jesus will attract the herding. And here's what's amazing about the herding. The herding, they will do anything to get to Jesus, they will tear a roof off of a building to get to Jesus. Just talk about the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't, she was ceremonially unclean. Yet she got on her hands and her knees and went to a crowd of people and said, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, he will change me, he will work on me, he will heal me. Blind Bartimaeus didn't care. Why? Because he was hurting. Blind Bartimaeus said. Is that Jesus coming by? He couldn't see him, but he heard. Is that Jesus? Is there a man named Jesus? And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And because he was hurting, he was drawn to God. He was drawn to Jesus, and Jesus did what only Jesus can do. This morning, TCC is more than just a church. It's a hospital for the hurting. It's a place where people can come and find refuge. It's a place where people can come and find sanctuary. It's a place where you can go and you can cast all of your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. I know that it's great. I know that you have nice facilities. I know that you have great leadership. But hear me this morning. TCC better not become a museum for old ancient historic saints this better be a place where the sinner can walk into this place It's better be a place where the hurting can walk into this place this better be a place where somebody can say I don't know what's going on but I need some help can you help me and this church will wrap their loving arms around them and say listen I don't have all the answers I'm not perfect I don't have it all figured out but just wait till you meet Jesus wait till you encounter him It'll change your life forever. Amen. Can you put your hands together if you believe that? He is near to the broken heart. And hear me this morning. If you are broken, you are in the right place. If you are hurting, you came to the right place. If, if you have problems, if you have issues, listen to me. I don't have all the answers, but I have the answer. His name is is Jesus. I wonder right now, if you have a need in, in, in your life, can you just raise your hand? You don't need to look around, or, may, or maybe it's just a small need or a minor need, but if you have a need in your life, hear me today. He is near to the brokenhearted. He is near to those that are hurting. He is attracted to them. Let me tell you, who else are attracted to Jesus? Last night, we were traveling from my wife's family home to my father's home and as we were driving down the highway which is about an hour and a half drive um, I got hungry I got really hungry and it's Christmas day well when it's Christmas day and you're hungry you're kind of out of luck but as I drove down the highway I saw all the signs for McDonald's. And I started seeing signs the closer I got to Cincinnati for La Rosa's and Skyline. All of these places that I really would like to eat right now. But it's Christmas Day and nothing is open. So as I pass by all of these places that could supply the need that I have and that I am desiring, I arrive at my father's home. And when I get to my father's home, we unpack all the stuff. He says, you need anything? I said, yep, I'm hungry. Within minutes, I had a donut, (laughs) lunch meat, bread, and chips placed in front of me. Listen to me. It was a donut, but it wasn't a Buskin Bakery donut. It was chips, but it wasn't Grippo's chips. It was a sandwich with lunch meat, but it wasn't boar's head lunch meat, you know? But it didn't matter because I was hungry. I didn't shun the food that was given to me. Because I was hungry. Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you hungry? Listen, when you're hungry, you don't think twice about eating that donut. When you're hungry, you don't think twice about what kind of sandwich it is or what kind of chips it is or what kind of soda it is. Listen, I wasn't nitpicky when it came to my food because I was hungry. And listen, I don't, I don't know, this, this may not be the case here in, at Calvary. Maybe your church is perfect, but in Ocala, we got some spiritually overweight people that aren't hungry anymore, if you know what I'm saying. We got some people... That, that I dish out some hot bread. And they just sit back. Oh, thank you for your food. That, thank you, that's good. Well, I might not like that. You know what? I would like it better if so-and-so sang the solo. Then maybe I would like that. Or if so-and-so would, would be pretty. You know what? If they would have greeted me at the door, then maybe I would have liked it a little differently. But hear me today. Hungry people don't care. Hungry people don't care who's singing the solo. Hungry people don't care who's preaching the word. Hungry people don't care about anything other than the fact that they're hungry and there's the bread of life that is being broken in front of them. I know your pastors, I know that they feed you good meals on Sundays. And listen to me, the best thing you can do as a pastor is, is to walk into this place with an expectation in your mind that I don't care if they sing the fast song first or the slow song first. I don't care if if they do everything according to protocol or if the Spirit of God breaks out. I don't care what happens right away because I'm coming in here with a mindset that says I'm hungry. I need you to feed my soul. I need you to help me. I need you to give me sustenance. So if you walk, I know it may not happen this Sunday, but maybe next Sunday, if you walk into this place with a smile on your face and a little saliva running down the side of your mouth because you're so hungry for the word of God, listen, they'll sing a song and it won't matter what key they sing the song in. It won't matter who's singing the solo. It won't matter if it's your favorite song or if it's the worst song in the world. If you come here with an expectation that says, I'm hungry. I'm ready to receive the word I'm ready to be filled I'm ready to get what God has for me today Hungry people don't care how the dish is prepared Hungry people aren't particular on what your culinary skills are Hungry people aren't dissecting the table that is prepared for them Hungry people will eat when the lights go out Hungry people will eat when the air conditioning I guess they don't eat air conditioning right? Hungry people will eat when the furnace does not work I thought I was preaching in Florida for a second. <laughs> hungry people don't care about all of the nuances of what goes in to making the meal. All they want to do is get fed. And here's the most beautiful thing about hungry people. Hungry people don't let other hungry people go hungry. If you don't believe me, Google it, YouTube it. You will see experiment after experiment. If I, give this, if I give this homeless person $100, what will they do? I gave a homeless person $1,000. What are they going to do? The first thing, and they're always enamored, but it's always the same thing. They go to their friends, and they say, hey... I've been blessed with this. Hey, I received this. You want to go get some food? Hey, I went and bought some pizzas because some guy gave me some money, and they're videotaping it the whole time. And while they're thinking that they're going to do something spectacular, they're going to do something evil with this money, the hungry people knows if there's other hungry people and they're just as hungry as I am, I'm going to help feed them. That we would get that same mentality Into our lives Into our spiritual lives To say oh you came to me with an issue I know a person that can hook us up I know a person that can heal us I know a person that can feed us Amen. Hungry people don't let other hungry people Go hungry Amen? Amen Hungry people don't care about protocol Hungry people aren't worried about the schedule Hungry people aren't worried about who's going to pay for the roof fellow. You want to get you some friends in your life? Get you some friends that are hungry for God. Some friends that don't care about all of the rules and regulations. Some people that don't care about all the religious schemes and and things that, that have gone into our world and our life. Hear me this morning. Hear me from my heart today. I've always wondered, will my insurance cover that when they tear the roof off of my house? Whose house was that? But those four men that were hungry, they didn't care. They didn't care about, am I going to go to jail for this? They faced fines. They faced imprisonment. They straight up vandalized somebody's home. But they had a friend that was hungry. They had a friend that was hurting. They had a friend that needed something. And they said, I'll do whatever I need to do to get my friend to Jesus. Jesus is attracted to these people. He's attracted to the hurting. He's attracted to the hungry. And hear me today, he loves everybody. But he came to seek and save that which was lost. There are certain people that God is attracted to. John chapter 4 and verse 23 says this, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And it says, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God loves him a worshiper. Amen. 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 God loves him a worshiper. God loves him, somebody who's willing to say, King of glory, fill this place. So I'll dance in your presence. Dance in your presence. Dance in your presence. King David was a man after God's own heart. And what did he do? He said, I'm going to take off this priestly robe. And I'm going to dance. And I'm going to shout. Why? Because that's how much I want to be in the presence of the almighty God. God loves him, a worshiper. God loves him somebody who's willing to interrupt the party and say I know the disciples are here but I've come with a purpose and I've come with a mindset and Mary comes and she takes her alabaster box and she breaks it and she anoints his feet and washes his feet with her hair and the oh, and the righteous indignation of the disciples look at them and say oh that could have been sold for 300 pence that could have been sold for more and it didn't matter to Mary though Mary said I'm going to worship him I'm going to praise him I'm going to magnify him I'm going to lift him up and he said you guys stop your judgmentalism stop judging her her testimony is going to be shared for thousands of generations to come because of what she did here God loves him a worshiper amen if you love to worship God can you raise your hands and just thank him hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6. All this is going on. And it says in verse 6. And some of the scribes are sitting there and reasoning in their heart. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You want to get mad at somebody? You want to get angry at somebody. Oh, I mean, when I, I read the text and I hear and I've seen there's no room in this house. It's standing room only. They can't get in. They can't peer in the window. They can't get in through any other way, so much so that the door was full. And yet the Bible says that there's some scribes that have enough room to sit down. There's some Pharisees that have enough room when everybody else is trying to get to Jesus. They're attracted to Jesus for all the wrong reasons. They're attracted to Jesus because they're trying to find that one person. I want to I watch so-and-so dance today. I want to see how she handles this Christmas. I want to see how she moves today. I want to... All the room. There's nowhere else to stand. And yet there are some people who are so comfortable. They're so comfortable in their self-righteousness. In their indignation. and in their hypocrisy. That they're sitting there going, hmm. I wonder what Jesus is going to do now. Who does he think that he is? These people, you know them. They're the praise police. They're, they're the people that say, well, I don't have to jump up and down. I don't have to dance. I don't have to come to an altar. I don't have to do all of that. I am fine just where I am. These people hear me today. If you want to know who's in the crowd, if you want to know who's in the crowd of people that are attracted to Jesus, there's the hurting, there's the hungry, and then there's the hypocrites. And hear me this morning, chances are you probably fall into one of those categories. Because if you're not hurting, if you don't have a need, if you don't have an issue, if you don't have a problem that you're seeking him for, then you are the hungry that is waiting and looking and anticipating and ready for God to do the miraculous. But if you're neither one of those then God forbid you are the hypocrite who's willing to sit back and just say, I wish we, the preacher would get it over with so I could get to my Sunday lunch. I wish this would just hurry up. The sound system wasn't right. The speaker didn't say what I wanted him to say. Did you hear when he slipped up? Did you hear when they hit the wrong note? They are the hypocrisy that is attracted to Jesus. And I'm not going to try and end this on a low note because here's what you've got to know about the hypocrites. You've got to know that the hypocrites are a necessity for Jesus to work. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. If you got hungry people and you got hurting people, and then you've got those that don't believe or those that are trying to find something about this man called Jesus. You know what Jesus did at this point in the story? At this point in the story, they they lowered a hurting man into this room, and Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven. I don't know about you. But if I'm hurting and I've been lame and I've got some friends who went through this whole big ordeal to get me to Jesus and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, I'm going, that's great, God. But what about this? Because I still can't walk and I still can't move and I still can't jump and I still can't leap. It wasn't until the hypocrites show up. It wasn't until the hypocrites speak up. It wasn't, oh, I don't know about you, Pastor Tom, but when I sit right there on Sunday morning and they begin singing and they begin praising and they begin worshiping and I look across the crowd and I see those with beady eyes looking at those trying to find something wrong, trying to spy me out, trying to see what's the pastor going to do when they sing the wrong note. What's the pastor going to do when they mess up? You know what I do? I jump a little louder. I sing a little higher. I do everything a little more. Why? Because I'm going to... The hypocrites aren't going to mess with my relationship with God. I'm not going to let the hypocrites interfere with my connection to God. You may sit there. You may stand there. You may sit there and cross your eyes and sit your legs and act like everything's okay. Not me. I'm going to worship him. Not me. I'm going to praise him. Not me. I'm going to magnify his holy, holy name. A standing stand your feet, standing feet right now. God will endure the hypocrites if it means he gets a chance to heal the hurting. Yes. Yes. God loves to prove them wrong. God loves to show them that what they thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. Because despite what this world may try to tell us, God can still move and God is still moving. And God is still real. And God is still longing for a people that are hurting. And longing for a people that are hungry. When he addressed the hypocrites, he often said this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Why? Because they think they know what's going on, but they're wrong. They think they have it figured out, but they don't. They believe their ways and their thoughts and their rules and their regulations are higher than his. But Jesus has given us example. He's saying, if you're hurting, don't pay any attention to the hypocrites. Pay attention to me. If you're hungry, don't you worry about everything else. You worry about me. And this is the Aaron Sizemore version because you won't find this in your Bible. But it says in verse 11... Jesus told the lame man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And I believe with everything that's inside of me, and you can say I'm wrong, but you can't prove it anyways. But I believe that that lame man picked up his cot. And I believe he walked right past those scribes and Pharisees. And I believe he probably did one of these. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's standing room only and and he's got a cot and he's thinking to himself you know what just because you thought that I shouldn't be here just because you thought that he shouldn't heal me i'm going to rub it in your face all the more i'm going to look at you and i'm going to say i may not be able to leap but look at me now i can leap i walk i came in here on a cot but i can praise him now This morning, if you're hurting, pay no attention to the religious folk. If you're hungry, I promise you, you should be sharing what God has given you. Your blessings should overflow into your family and into your friends and into your co-workers. And, and, and I believe that, hear me, there are some hypocrites here in this place because there always are. And, and I'll just be transparent with y'all because you don't think I'm judging you. I've been a hypocrite, Hello? I've said some things that I, should, I knew were the right thing to say, but I knew I wasn't doing the right thing. But the God that I serve is so graceful enough and so merciful enough that because I'm within distance of him, because I stayed close to him, because I was near to him, because I was attracted to him, He can change your life and he can take you from being healed to hungry. He can take you from being a hypocrite to the hungry. And I know that because I've been there and I've done that. I've been healed by God. And I know what it's like to be on the other side. I've been a hypocrite and I know what it's like to judge people. But oh, today that this church would resound with a place, a field with people that are hurting and people that are hungry. And as I open these altars and as they begin to sing, I want you to do this. If you have a need, you can come to the front. If you're hurting, come to the front. Don't worry about the hypocrites. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about the eyes that are looking in the back of you and then as those people make their way to the front, the hungry people are going to gather around them. The hungry people are going to say, that's the kind of God I serve. He did it for me so He can do it for you. He healed me so He can heal you today. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church,